Hi, it's Mark from TLR. I'm here with Mr. Bernie Pollock, Pollock Automotive in Vancouver, Vancouver's best auto service experience. They've only won best in Vancouver, best auto repair in Vancouver 24 times, as voted by their customers. And so we're talking about cars. How are you doing, Bernie? Doing well. So today's victim is a 2014 Dodge Ram ProMaster van in the running for the longest title ever. 3.6 liter that had some camshaft and other assorted issues. What was going on with this vehicle? Yeah, so this van, it's a 3.6 liter Pentastar engine, common in many Chrysler products. It's a 1500 series van, so a uh, half ton van. What was going on is that the owner complained that there was a ticking noise coming from the engine. Not prevalent when it was cold, but once the engine warmed up, there's a ticking noise coming from the engine. So how did you go about diagnosing the issue? So we basically removed whatever covers off the engine we needed to, warm the engine up till we could hear the noise and then listen with a stethoscope. That's usually the best way for us to find noises. And there was definitely ticking coming from the front cylinder bank, from the left bank of the engine. Back of the engine was quiet, fortunately, because this is a transverse mounted engine and the rear bank is like, it's tucked right in against the firewall. Very difficult to access. They don't give you any covers like they used to in the vans of olden days. So the front bank, fortunately, and that's where the noise was coming from. We weren't certain exactly what it was, but suspect it was probably a camshaft or a lifter or rocker arm or something, which are common failure, somewhat common failure parts. So what did you do to repair the issue? So we basically removed the intake manifold, removed the front valve cover, took things apart and found, I'll, I'll get into the picture show. We found one rocker arm and one cam lobe pretty badly worn. There's our Dodge Ram 2014 ProMaster van. There's the hood where the engine sits and all the action happens. There's a view with the front valve cover removed. You can see the timing chain on the left side here. Camshaft. This is actually after we did our repair work. So if you're looking at this closely, you can see that this is the exhaust camshaft on the bottom. You can see some wear on that in the intake cam, which was brand new, nice and clean. Never been used yet. So that's basically the layout of things after the replacement was done. But we can have a look at some of the worn out parts here. So there's a close-up view of the camshaft. And you can see on these lobes, this is a good lobe, relatively good. This one's worn. You can clearly see material missing from here. So this vehicle uses roller lifters. Again, we'll have a look at it. This is actually a better view. Sorry, roller rocker. So the rocker arm basically has a roller in it for reduced friction. But what happens is eventually... Something occurs where the roller stops rolling and it tends to seize up. And if you look right where I'm pointing with the mouse here, you can see kind of a groove that's worn there, but not in this one. This is one that's in good shape. This one is worn. And I'm going to show another picture here that demonstrates when you look at a side view, you can't see the roller on this lifter, but you can see this one. There's needle bearings inside these rollers. And what's happened is the bearings have worn out. And so the roller kind of collapses. Then it doesn't actually roll on the camshaft. The camshaft starts grinding against the rocker arm and that's what causes that wear. So here you can see that roller that's present. So other components we replaced, the valve lifter, this is a hydraulic lifter. So one end of that rocker arm sits on top of this lifter. It's filled with oil pressure through this hole that removes the valve lash adjustable. I mean, it's a technology that's been around for a long time. Again, these can fail too and collapse and that can cause a ticking sound and a larger view of the camshaft. There's sort of a full view of the old camshaft. There's the worn cam lobe on the left there. I didn't put an arrow to mark it, but if you look closely, you can see the worn lobe and these ones are, you know, there's a little bit of wear, but there's nothing wrong with them, but. You can't just change one lobe, you got to do the whole thing. So I think that 
kind of covers our picture show. So why not do the rear bank at the same time? Yeah, there's no noise coming from the rear bank and it's a lot of extra labor to do it. So yes, it would be less labor to do it at this time, but it's a lot more work to do the rear bank because of the situation. I should have taken a picture of the engine as it sat in the engine bay and you'd kind of get a sense of why, but it seems most common too from some of the research that we've done that this front bank, the left side seems to have more issues than the right. Not entirely all the time, but it seems to be more common in this case based on what we found, just made more sense economically just to do the front bank. And how common is this issue with these vehicles? It happens fairly frequently. We haven't done too many of them. And considering the amount of these engines there are out there, I guess it, it's something that can happen, but you know, it's not a guaranteed to happen kind of thing like a Subaru 2.5 liter timing belt engine head gasket job where between zero and 200,000 kilometers, you're guaranteed to have a problem. This is not one of those things, but you know, it, it does happen on quite a few models. And you'll find this engine in a lot of different Chrysler vehicles. As I think I mentioned earlier, it, it's in Dodge Caravans, it's in these ProMaster vans, it's in Jeep, Grand Cherokees, a huge variety of different uh, Chrysler products. So it's common, a common engine. 3.6 liter V6, basically. Yeah, 3.6 liter Pentastar V6. So it's a dual overhead cam, variable valve timing. It's got all the modern bells and whistles technology. Although I have to say, I'm not sure if it's direct fuel injected or not. I'm not certain about that. I don't think it is actually, but other than that, it's got all the modern bells and whistles. Get the most power and economy out of the engine as you can. So it's got variable valve timing you mentioned. So does that increase the complexity of the job? It does, but as, as technicians, we're getting kind of used to this kind of thing because everything has it. It used to be at one time, Variable valve timing was a rare option on fancy cars. But yeah, there's certain procedures we have to do. I mean, all these modern engines with the way the camshafts and variable valve timing is set up, we need special tools to lock things in place. And this one was actually surprisingly less complex than a lot of other engines that, that we work on in terms of cam lockout tools and things. But yeah, it, it is more complex than the days of old where the cams all had keyways in them and everything would just kind of lock together. It's like those days have been gone for a couple of decades ago now. So would there be anything that the owner could have done? We didn't talk about how much mileage this vehicle has, but was there anything that they could have done to have helped prevent this from happening? Good question. Okay, so mileage, 157,000 kilometers. So what's that in miles? That's you know, just around 100,000 miles, if you think in terms of miles. Not a huge amount of mileage, I think, but it's definitely got some years of experience. Regular oil changes are critical and don't miss them. You know, like the factory recommended is is the very maximum you should ever go and you should probably change your oil sooner and use good quality oils there was no sign that this engine had been abused in terms of there was no sludge or gum or anything inside the engine but changing your oil regularly is about the only thing you can really do to prevent something like this from happening and it still can occur i think with a car how well designed is it how well are the components built versus maintenance but the most important thing is do your maintenance you know you change your oil if, if it says every seven thousand kilometers change it every six, do it a little sooner. It's better. And if you leave it a little longer, sometimes even just leaving a thousand K's over, well, it doesn't seem like a bad idea. It's like, oh, well, whatever it's working fine. It can cause problems down the road. So how are these Ram ProMaster vans for reliability? Pretty decent. Yeah. Pretty decent van. I mean, we don't work on a ton of them. There's not too many of them around, but from the ones we've worked on, they seem to be pretty reliable so far, but I find Chrysler products are a little lower on the totem pole of really reliable vehicles. So you'll have a few more issues with them. 
than you might with something, well, like a Toyota. It's always my benchmark comparison. People listening to this probably get sick comparing it to Toyotas again, but yeah, I am. But other than that, they're better priced. So maybe that's an advantage, but overall they're pretty good. They're decent vehicles. If you need some service for your Ram, ProMaster, Dodge, any Dodge product, basically any Chrysler product, experts who know what they're talking about, get your vehicle running properly. You won't need maintenance on it. So you don't have issues. The guys that see your Pollock Automotive, you can reach them on their website to book pollockautomotive.com. They'll call you back. They'll find out what's going on. They'll get you in and get you looked after. Or you can call them 604-327-7112. Remember, they're busy. You have to call and book ahead. They're busy all the time. Pollock Automotive in Vancouver. And thank you for watching. We really appreciate it and listening. Check out the YouTube channel, Pollock Auto Repair. Close to a thousand videos on there, all makes and models and types of repairs. Thanks, Bernie. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for watching.